Hey everyone, welcome or welcome back to the Dear Parents podcast, where we make an effort to bridge the gap between adults and teenagers. I am your host, Julia Shadman, and on this podcast, we discuss topics that Generation Z finds to be important in order to have a conversation with our parents, grandparents, teachers, and more on why we are so passionate about these certain issues. On today's episode, we will be discussing the importance of having contraception and informative sexual education in schools. Contraceptives are tools to prevent pregnancy, including condoms, birth control, cervical caps, etc. We will be discussing the importance of having these methods of birth control and STD preventative measures in our schools in order for students to be safe if and when they have sex. Additionally, we will be taking We'll be talking about the importance of having relevant and informational sexual education that will provide students with the right information so they understand what is healthy or unhealthy. I would like to preface this by saying that I understand parents, teachers, and administrators' mixed feelings about this topic, but I want all the listeners to keep an open mind. So that being said, Joining me today are Sadie Metcalf, the health and wellness officer at South Pasadena High School and a strong advocate for sexual health. And we also have Mary Lou Mercado, who is a communication specialist from Planned Parenthood and is also um, a strong advocate for sexual health education. So um, before we start, I want to let you guys introduce yourself, like names, pronouns, How did you get involved with sexual education? What is your role? And all that good stuff. So Sadie, do you want to go first? Yeah. So hi, everyone. I'm Sadie Metcalf. I use she, her pronouns. and I'm a senior at South Pasadena High School. I kind of first got involved in sexual health and sexual health advocacy through Planned Parenthood's Peer Advocates Program, which I'm still a part of this year. Um, I also did my Girl Scout Gold Award about lack of access to contraception and sexual health uh, resources. And I'm, that's kind of my interest for the future also is um, an advocate for sexual health. All right, I'll go next. Uh, so Mary Lou, uh, she, her pronouns. Uh, I got involved in sexual health education uh, first in college. I went to UCSB where um, at the time um, I was working on a program that all freshmen would have to attend. Um, pretty much talking about safety, particularly consent and sexual health safety. And so we would just present to the students that information. Um, And that's really where it started. And then I got really fortunate to find um, a job at Planned Parenthood Pasadena in the San Gabriel Valley. Um, I started off as a community health educator where I was pretty much directly facilitating sexual health education, like in middle schools and high schools and college settings. I would talk to parents who wanted to learn more about how to talk to their kids, uh, talk to staff members. And then um, from that role, um, I've transitioned now into the communications specialist role at Planned Parenthood, where I really help drive the messaging around sexual health education and reproductive health um, and how people can access information. Um, And what I've learned in this role is um, particularly in the community, in the community health educator role, um, how much young people really wanna know about this information. Um, And particularly as their own bodies are changing and they're going through puberty and they're experiencing not only physical but mental changes. um, I think really having that transparent understanding of 
this is my body. This is what's happening. Um, this is how I can communicate. This is how I can stay safe. This is where I can access resources. And this is how I can identify a trusted adult. Um, really um, helps a young person become confident as they're developing into a young adult. So um, I just think this, in my own experience, just doing this work, I see how much it matters to a lot of young people. Thank you guys for introducing yourselves and giving a little background. I think that's important for parents to know um, or just the audience in general. Um, so we're going to move on to our first question. Um, so considering both of your guys's expertise and experience um, with sex ed, what are the problems that you have seen regarding lack of access to contraception and sexual education and or what are barriers to getting this access? The biggest, the biggest barrier I've seen at school is just like stigma. Um, and stigma is like a big problem, I think, personally, but also like at home, in the classroom, like in meetings with like teachers and administrators. And that stigma like causes like, like a barrier to like information and access to information about like sexual health and like contraception. Um, and that is where like sex ed like comes in. Cause I feel like at school, like this is like where a lot of people feel safe to like learn about their bodies. Like what Marilee was saying and, and about like what sex means to them. Cause at home, I think again, like stigma is like really big at home. Um, and I think that like those, those barriers, just like lack of actual comprehensive, inclusive, informative sex education at school is a big barrier to like access to contraception because people don't know like where to find it, how to get it, um, and where they can like be in touch with their own like health and health care. So that's kind of the biggest thing. And then also like just that stigma, like people are like scared about, scared to talk about sex, like in kind of a normal like place. And that like comes that like is really big. I think in my life too, is like when I'm talking about sex or like when I did my whole like gold award project, like you face a lot of like people who like are just scared um, and kind of mean about like somebody talking about sex and sexual health and how important that is because people don't realize like how important that is. And it's like important in everybody, everybody's lives, like whether or not they know it. So just like stigma, like that's the biggest thing I think is like a barrier. Yeah, I'll echo a lot of what Sadie said. Um, I think a lot of times people think sex ed is literally like thinking sex, but the reality is that it's like related to understanding people's bodies, puberty, understanding birth control, understanding how to prevent an STI, relationships, consent, gender identity, like body image. There's just so many layers to it um, that really can affect a person's um, physical and mental health um, in, the, in, in their entirety. So I just think really people understanding like what is sex ed um, is, is a barrier because people just don't understand that. Um, and then uh, uh, kind of like Sadie also mentioned, like there's like generational stigma, social stigma, school stigma. Um, I know for me, like um, growing up um, in a Latinx household, like nobody talks about sex and sex ed and your period and any of that stuff. And that is definitely a difficult um, part of teaching sex ed and um, feeling comfortable talking about sexual health issues. Um, and for young adults, I think, or for young like teenagers, I think um, it's really hard to identify a trusted adult to talk to when that stigma is, is persistent in the community. 
Um, and uh, also with teachers just having the resources they need to not only um, provide like medically accurate sex ed, but like inclusive, culturally competent sex ed that feels relatable and can help um, actually a young person feel like they are being understood. Um, and also gender inclusive and um, inclusive of all sexual identities. And um, yeah, that, that, there's, just, there's a lot to it, definitely. Yeah, I think adding on to what both of you guys said, I feel like in school specifically, when we're learning about it, people don't really like to take it seriously because they think sex is like taboo or funny. And like, because they don't take it seriously, there's this lack of education, which can lead to serious problems like pregnancy, like pregnancy at a young age is terrifying. Um or like STDs and a bunch of different problems. Um, so anything else you guys want to add regarding barriers um, to lack of access? I think that like the, the kind of like seriousness issue of sex ed, like that comes from like stigma, like at home or like around your friend group. So like, like cultural stigma, that's what it is. Did you want to add something, Mary Lou? Yeah, if we're talking about like sometimes like literal barriers that come up, um, there's um, just knowledge of, of young people's rights in regards to access to sexual health um, resources and just sex ed in general. Like a lot of people don't know that. Um, for example, California requires young people to have sex ed once in middle school and once in high school. Um, and sometimes students don't know that that's their right. Sometimes schools don't even know how to implement that. So that's just like a huge barrier that sometimes schools are either not having the sex ed or not really meeting the requirement of having all these different layers that it's included. Um, and again, the knowledge of rights. Um, so young people, particularly in the state of California, have the right to access um, you know, contraceptions, condoms, um, pregnancy services. There's a lot of rights that, that they can consent to um, that people just don't really tell them about. So it's really unfortunate because um, it's hard to navigate something when you don't even know that's your option. Also the whole like leaving school for a reproductive health care appointment, like that's like a right that people have at school that they don't know about. Like you can leave school for a reproductive health care appointment without your parents like being notified and like that's the whole thing like youth rights and like you have a right to like health care you have a right to know your body you have a right to like know your options like in terms of birth control and like unwanted pregnancy options and STI options like all of that is like available to youth but they just don't know where to find it so like that too is like having a real outlet to information is hard hard to find yeah and um kind of connecting to like the conversation of like stigma and then like our rights is um, there is um, a, like unfortunately you know there's there's a barriers that will come with um, with even having these rights. So yeah, now you know you have your right to access birth control, but you know what about transportation? Um, what about how to pay for that? Um, does my can I use my insurance? Can I not use my insurance? Um, 
as health educators, we always encourage young people uh, to find a trusted adult in their life that can support them because, you know, sometimes it isn't easy to go to an appointment by themselves. Um, and that trusted adult can be like a parent, an older sibling, a cousin. But unfortunately, kind of how we were talking about stigma earlier, because that stigma exists, um, sometimes young people feel afraid to reach out to someone older than them, older because uh, they're scared that they might get that judgment, that they won't get that support. Um, and that can just make it even harder when when you're navigating all of this alone or you feel like you're navigating all, all alone. Um, but, you know, the state of California, of course, um, understands that first and foremost is the ability to stay healthy and to have your resources. So young person does always have that option if they're able to um, find a way to get their appointment, um, to be able to navigate the insurance that that is their right to access that care regardless. Thank you guys for sharing your insight. Um, but now I want to kind of talk about um, what would be something that you wish to see or what would be a solution that you would want to see in our education system regarding sex ed? For me, I think it's just like sex ed that is inclusive and like comprehensive. That's like the main thing. Like, I just think that when I learned sex ed, like I had another sex ed like lesson in 11th grade with Planned Parenthood and I like had a whole like awakening because it was so like inclusive like I learned so much like about my rights and like what sex ed like actually like means to me and like that's the point I think of sex ed and sex ed at school is so like like it's school you know what I mean like it doesn't feel like you're actually like being in touch with your like healthcare. and I think the point of sex ed is to like really like learn about yourself and like learn about like I don't know, like learn, like learn about who you are, like in terms of like what sex means to you and your family and your like community, your culture, like all of that is like part of sex ed. And that's what I'd like to see, I think, in schools, like really helping kids like find like why sex ed is so important to them and like keeping them safe. That's the like, like that's like the that's like the baseline, you know, and I feel like a lot of sex ed curriculums don't really do that. So that's biggest thing. Could I ask you a question? Um. So what do you mean by inclusivity? Like when you were talking about um, the Planned Parenthood um, education class, do you mean like like different gender inclusivity in sex ed or do you mean like LGBTQ plus sex education or like, can you elaborate a little? Yeah, totally. So in seventh grade, I'm gonna give you guys a whole spiel, but in seventh grade, I like learned sex ed and it was so like anatomy based, like penis, vagina, sex, like that's all kind of it was. And like we learned, I learned a lot, like, sure, I learned a lot. And then I had another um, sex ed education, like before ninth grade, same kind of thing. Mary Lou, I think Mary Lou or like a colleague of Mary Lou like came in like for a day and like taught us like over the summer, like for sex ed, which is kind of like a weird, like full circle kind of thing. Um, But again, like it wasn't like super like, I don't know, like comprehensive. And then when I went to Planned Parenthood and I learned like, like I came out as bisexual, like before, like I went to Planned Parenthood and that was something that I never learned is like sex with another person who has a vagina and like what that actually like is. So stuff like that, like really like making it inclusive of like all like identities and like cultures and like realizing that like a lot of, a lot of what we see like on social media and like, like at school and like with our friends, like it's, inclusive of like all of that you know so really talking about like the history like behind sex ed and like gender and 
like gender inclusivity, like all of that, like in sex ed is like what we need. And also like, I don't know, like talking about STIs and like contraception and all of that, like that is also a very important part of sex ed. And I feel like that is something that's like, it's taught like as school, but again, like it's, it's supposed to like help connect you with like identity and like what sex means to you. So that like that, like, again, like inclusive and like making sure that everybody like is comfortable in the environment that they're learning like that. That's what I mean by inclusive. Yeah. To, to echo some of Sadie, um, what Sadie was saying, um, just being culturally competent, like having culturally competent educators understand where, um, their students are coming from and the culture that they're coming from. Um, so I live in Baldwin Park and I am a health educator in the San Gabriel, I was a health educator in the San Gabriel Valley. So I feel very, like this is where I grew up. I was very connected uh, to the community, specifically like the Latinx students when I go to schools that are particularly, um, have a lot of Latinx students. So I'm able to kind of like understand like cultural references and make those cultural references and make it more relatable and kind of see the challenges that do come up um, for example, with like cultural stigma and how we communicate with our parents about uh, sex when we've never even talked to them about it before. Um, one thing I would like to see um, is just more um, self-efficacy in, in sex ed. So we, we have a lot of knowledge-based stuff that people need to know, um, but also like how how do you bring up birth control to your doctor? Like how do you talk to your, like advocate for yourself of what you're looking for in a birth control? Um, how do you talk to your new partner about getting tested? Like that could be a really awkward conversation if you have no idea how to have it. Um, how do you ask your, your mom that you want to go get some birth control? Um, how do you talk to your family about this? Like, how do you talk to your friends about this? Um, if someone is having sex for the first time and their partner doesn't want to use a condom, um, how do you negotiate condom use if that's important to you? How do you talk about this, like this importance to a partner? Um, so these are just like the like realistic skills that people need um, to stay safe that I think can be really hard if we've never had that practice of like knowing how to communicate. Um, some other stuff, well, health is not a requirement in the state of California, it's district-based. So some schools don't teach health at all. Um, and so uh, they expect like a science teacher or history teacher to teach sex ed. And so that can be a little bit of a challenge. So I would love to see health be a requirement in the state. Um, and just having like teachers really having that support um, to not only have like all the knowledge needed to provide sex ed, uh, but the trainings to be like, make students feel comfortable in asking questions and being open to learning. Um, I would love to make sure that schools were providing that transparency. Um, and then having parents uh, be supported as well, like. I've done workshops for parents um, to help them talk to their kids about sex. They're like, what if your kid asks you something? How do you answer that? And I found really good feedback um, from the parents who have gotten those lessons. Um, they felt more confident. They felt like their, their young person can come to them. And so I'd love schools for it to, it's more schools to offer trainings like that for parents as well. Too like along the point of like actually like accessing like birth control like that's a whole discussion too because like birth control is expensive and like I mean not condoms like technically but like if you're going to a clinic you're going to your doctor and like asking about birth control like that's also like stigmatized like in the doctor's office like it feels like a very uncomfortable conversation to have um and I actually have like helped friends like go and get birth control like without their parents knowing like that's a whole thing too is like you have access like 
like to family packed. I'm not going to go into this, but like, it is like a, an option that people have is like really like being like in charge of their like healthcare. So that is a whole nother thing is like, we learn about a lot of conceptual things in sex ed, but a lot of the times the things we need are like really like how to like go and get birth control for yourself. Um, and that can sometimes be like hard to teach. Um, I understand, but at the same time, like it's what students need is like really access, like how to access birth control and like STI testing, all of that. Like that's super, super important, I think. Yeah. Okay. I kind of want to share a story because what you said about like um, it being stigmatized in like the health industry, it like brought back a memory. Um, I think I was like seventh grade. No, 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 not seventh grade. I think maybe ninth grade. And I was at the doctor and, you know, they kind of ask you like, oh, like, have you been sexually active? Like, have you taken, like, have you participated in any drug use? Like all those kind of weird questions that they ask you. And I was like, no, obviously, because I'm like 14, 13. Um, And my doctor was like, that's like, that's good. Like, don't get a boyfriend. You don't need that. Like, wait till college. And I think that idea of like promoting abstinence is like really detrimental to like teenagers because it just kind of like it makes it taboo in your head and it makes you like not it it stigmatizes it in your own brain and like a doctor telling you that I think that's like really harmful to teenagers because it'll just push them further away from it and not make it like healthy like a healthy thing. I just wanted to share that. I thought it was interesting. Um, but <laughs> anyways, anything else you guys want to add um, that you wish to see in the education system or anywhere in general? Just like along that point, like if any like adults or parents or like teachers or anybody's like listening to this, like language like really matters and like how you use your words to talk about sex and like health like that's like really important I think as kids like grow up because I grew up in like a a very like open household so I am like obviously I'm comfortable talking about sex but I know that like a lot of students like and a lot of teenagers or youth my age like feel like they can't talk about it and that comes from like directly from parents directly from doctors directly from teachers and directly from their friends who then also like they they they're like internalized things come from their doctors teachers parents like all of that so it's like a very like interconnected world. And I think that using language inclusive and like sex positive language is like super important because obviously like sex negative, like abstinence, like don't have sex, like all of that. That's like a cultural thing. But at the same time, a lot of the times, like it doesn't really help students like navigate, not like navigate like sex. So I think just like using language, like being safe, like, do you have condoms? Like, do you want me to go get you condoms? Like stuff like that. Like, it's so, I know it's so awkward, like to have those conversations, but it's like really, really, really important to like helping your kids like be safe. And I know that like, that's, that's what parents are there for, like helping their kids be safe. So it's just having those conversations and, and being mindful of the language that you use around your kids to talk about themselves and talk about their sex and their sex lives and like all of that like that's super important I also think having those conversations now like even though they're awkward it will be so beneficial to like future generations 
where it hopefully won't be awkward anymore and sex is just kind of like a thing like a normal thing um I was just gonna add something real quick about like advice I give to parents when I would do the workshops to parents is like really just keeping that door open because once you kind of shut down someone um or like shame them for asking something uh you're really closing that door and they're probably they're more than likely gonna go to like the internet or their friends for that those resources it once a parent has maybe shut that door which is gonna be kind of unfortunate uh, because um you know parents are like you said are there to keep their young people safe um and like i mentioned um sex ed is just there's so many different layers to sex ed and even like things like for example for um when someone gets their period for the first time like i've heard stories of like kids hiding it from their parents because they don't know how to bring it up and that is something that is just like it happens to so many people that is so important to talk about and they're even scared to bring it up to their parents um or maybe their parent will say like a shameful comment and now they don't want to bring anything else up um so it's really like sexual health really is not like a one-time conversation it's something that starts off really early teaching your child about their body parts because penis and vagina are not bad words they're body parts that people have um it's teaching them hygiene to take care of their bodies it's teaching them this is what happens when you get your period or this is um what happens when you start to notice hair on your body that you didn't have before because of puberty like don't don't just start shaving like ask me how to properly shave your armpits so you don't cut yourself you know like it's little things um that are gonna you know you start off it's really important to start off as at an early age so that that trust is built through time um and then it isn't just like only in an emergency situation or once your teenager is 17 and is in this sticky situation now they have to come for you to come to you that they feel confident to go to make sure that they're safe and that um they're taking care of themselves before um, they even start to be sexually active, that they have that confidence in you um, to be able to support them if they do need condoms, if they do need birth control, if they want to get tested. Um, again, having a trusted adult helping you navigate this is, is going to really help um, if a parent opens that door and helps their young person feel comfortable going to them. Yeah, I agree. Um... So now that we have kind of talked about what we wish to see in the education system or in the health industry or just anywhere in general regarding sex ed, um, how do you think that these solutions that we just talked about would benefit teenagers specifically or just like people in general? So any one of you guys can add. I think kind of like the basis of education, whether or not it's at school or like in the household or like just like in society, like, I don't know. The basis of education is to like keep teenagers and youth like safe. Um, and that's like what I would hope to see like with sex education is just like teaching kids how to be safe, but also like not stigmatizing it. It's hard to do both, but like it's possible. Like it's very, very possible. Um, it's just, yeah, like without education or without like comprehensive, without inclusive, without sex positive education, like teenagers are scared to like be in charge of their health and like ask questions and like learn. So it's like really like just important that teenagers like learn how to be safe and learn 
learn how to ask questions without like feeling judged stuff like that is just like that's why like that's why we teach like sex ed is to keep kids safe I think you kind of got a lot of it, but um, yeah, I think it just being more informed helps you make a decision for yourself. Um, like understanding what is a pregnancy? What are my options? Uh, what is an STI? How do I get an STI? Um, like really knowing everything can help you make your decisions in the future and what you are and aren't ready for. Um, knowing how to communicate, being more healthy, being more confident, um, feeling more affirmed in your identity. Um, I think these are all um, solutions um, or benefits that come from having um, equitable access to sexual health education, like Sadie said, inclusive um, and informative. Yeah, um, I actually quickly wanted to go back to something that um, Mary Lou said earlier. You mentioned that you had um, education classes with parents on how to talk to their kids. Um, do you think you can elaborate on more like what you did with these parents or like maybe give some examples of like how you help them communicate with their kids or just like the stuff you did in these classes? Yeah, so um, it really depended on like the topic we were covering because we can cover one topic, we cover variety. Um, but I think the first, the, like the core ones that we tend to do is like, first of all, understanding sexuality um, as a broad concept beyond just sex. Um, so for example, like I've mentioned earlier, like how do you talk to your young person about consent, about body image, um, about communication? Um, what is birth control? If my kid does ask, like, um, you know, what, how can I help them if they do ask me for something? So just like general knowledge um, about stuff is like kind of the base of it. Um, kind of understanding um, personal values around sex and like how, how they have learned sexual health um, and kind of how they want to communicate it to their young, to their students or to their kids, sorry. Um, and then we do a lot of like um, for the in-person, we haven't had in-person classes this year because of COVID, but for the in-person classes, we would do a lot of like role-playing with like uh, the parents where it would like two parents would partner up and we'd give them a question like, what if your, your 12 year old asks about their period? How do you answer? Like, what do you tell them when they ask what's a period? And so really like kind of forcing them to think like, if I do get asked this question on the spot, how do I answer it without being shameful, judgeful, to, and being informative and being opening? Um, and so it's a lot of like knowledge, like just them getting the sex ed for the first time in their lives sometimes. And then the second half is a lot of them, like how do I communicate this with my kids? Um, what if I get asked a question um, and so forth? And then um, how do parents sign up? So it depends, we do parent workshops um, sometimes like, uh, for nonprofit centers or like for community centers that have like parent groups and sometimes schools will bring us in to host like a, a parent workshop, like every Tuesday at 6 PM for three weeks straight. Um, so they can, uh, people can always reach out to our education department at Planned Parenthood, um, or, um, a school can also reach out to us to book us to host it for their parents at the school. That's awesome. Okay, so maybe I will link in the description of this episode um, 
where you can sign up for these um, classes, because I think that would be really helpful to a bunch of parents. Um, but okay, so moving on, I wanted to um, talk about maybe questions that parents have that I have received in some of my conversations with adults about um, sex ed and their kind of opposition towards it. Um, so I wanted to ask from a parent's perspective, why would, why would a teenager need contraception, like condoms or maybe a plan B in schools if we have them at local pharmacies? Like, why would they need to be in schools? Why would that be beneficial? So I can add that, um, it can sometimes be a, a barrier issue, like a transportation barrier for some young people who, who may not um, live in a safe environment where they can't ask their parent. Um, so in an ideal situation, if a, a teenager needs um, contraceptive contraception, um, they feel comfortable enough to talk to their parents. They feel like their parents can, tr they trust their parents and that they will help them go to a pharmacy, go to a local clinic. Um, but unfortunately, like some people don't feel safe going to their parents and they do need these resources, or maybe they don't have the money to buy a condoms or buy or have money to buy plan B. Um, having them accessible in school could be um, really helpful for those young people who um, may have like transportation barriers, financial barriers, lack of a trusted adult in their life. I just want to add on, like, I know like a lot of people like have school as a safe place. Like a lot of the times like home isn't a safe place um, or just like the community that they live in isn't a safe place, but school is like this place where they can, they're like who they are and they can be who they are. Um, and that kind of like goes, goes in line with like having access to plan B and condoms, especially at schools, because it's, it, it's easy access. Like they're there and they like feel safe going to get it from the nurse's office or from the bathrooms. Like it's just like available to them at schools. And that's like, like what Marilu said, like, it's just, it's just about access. Um, and like whether or not the students feel like, or like the youth feel really comfortable with their parents, to like go and ask them or like, even like going like in South Pass, like, I don't know, like buying a condom at Rite Aid, like just, I, I would be scared like that somebody would see me and like they would tell my parents like that's like a whole thing too is like it's such a small town especially in South Pass like word gets out so I think that just school is like really like a good place to like have condoms available just because it's so like central it's so easy to get access there yeah and at South Pass specifically like we have in some of the bathrooms like tampons and pads um for girls who are on their period and maybe forgot. Um, but I think that like having these contraceptives in school would just make it so much more comfortable. And like, I know I would feel more comfortable going to the school rather than like buying it at some random pharmacy, because again, Amen. I would be scared Amen. someone saw me like <laughs> exactly that reason. Um, but um Moving on, what do you think some benefits to sexual education? Um, how do you think it would promote overall like better health? Okay, so I can start with this one. Um, so I think there's again sometimes this misconception that like 
sex ed is going to um, promote teenagers wanting to be more sexually active at an earlier age or like encourage young people to be more sexually active. Uh, but there's been a lot of research that has shown that um, it actually does tend to delay um, teenagers from, from being sexually active until they're fully ready because they feel like they're more informed. And so they're able to make that choice like when they really feel comfortable and confident to make that choice. Um, again, lots of studies have shown that there's lower risk of sexually transmitted infections for people who have gotten really good sex ed uh, because they, again, understand transmission and they feel more confident communicating about testing and um, risk and prevention and things like that. Um, also a lot of research about the fact that um, people who get good sex ed are going to be less likely to have an unintended pregnancy um, because again, they know how to prevent a pregnancy. And then there's just like a bunch of other benefits beyond just um, like relating to their sexual health. Um, I've read research that like um, students are more likely to experience school success when they are getting quality sex education. Students are more likely to have a more positive mental health um, when they get quality sex ed, um, they feel more confident in communicating and talking to their peers about sexual health and prevention. Um, so again, there's like a lot of negative assumptions that are sometimes made about sex ed. They think people think that sex ed is a bad word, uh, but like I've echoed a lot of times is like, it's just, there's so many complex layers to sexual health education. And there's just so many benefits into um, helping a young person on transition into adulthood um, that sex ed can provide. Mary Lou basically hit it all. I just wanted to like reiterate the like mental health part of sex ed because I think that when students like really understand like who they are and like what sex like is and like how to like prevent against unwanted pregnancies and STIs, like they do like have a better outlook on like their lives. Like I just feel like like that sounds like kind of cliche, but like mental health is like a big part of sexual health. Physical health is a big part of sexual health. Emotional health, like all of them are like interconnected and like being able to be like be in charge of your like your health, your sexual health, especially like that's really important, I think. Um, and really like feeling confident in your mental health also. Yeah, I think you guys both hit the mark um, on benefits to sexual health um so i won't even try to like re-say what you guys just said um but um any like last thoughts that you want to add maybe to parents or to teenagers listening about sexual health or um contraception i think that what i would say to like teenagers about their sexual health is like don't be afraid to ask questions um like to me or to like mary lou or like your health teachers like you have like resources um like don't feel like alone in like trying to find your sexual identity and like what sex means like you you really do like find planned parenthood like go to your health teacher like find your friends who like want to talk about it and feel comfortable talking about it with you like it really is like you're not alone and like your set like what sex is so it's just like finding people and feeling comfortable in yourself and your sexual identity um i would kind of agree with sadie um like sexual health is is a part of our lives whether we like it or not whether someone opposes it or not like it's it's part of staying safe it's part of our mental health physical health and all that stuff and so 
um, for a teenager finding someone that you can trust, that you can talk to, that can provide those resources or reaching out to find those resources. Because um, I know sometimes we can get into a rabbit hole on the internet and that's where we might find some, mis some misinformation that can be more hurtful than helpful. Um, and then to a parent or to an adult is, um, you know, really making sure that you're not closing that door and that you're encouraging um, your young person to come to you. And sometimes it does mean having to start that conversation yourself, which is, it can be awkward if you've never had that talk or if you've never had uh, sex ed in your life. But, um, you know, when a young person feels supported, um, they can navigate their sexual health uh, more comfortably and uh, confidently, and it'll just make it easier for them as, as they're learning more about their themselves and their health. Yeah, and just to, just to add on, like, really quickly, like, last thought, um, for teenagers, I would say, like, don't be ashamed, and for the parents, I would want to encourage you guys to be that trustworthy adult that the teenagers can go to, um, and yeah, so I'll leave it at that. Um, thank you guys so much for joining me today. I had a wonderful time learning from you. Um, and I hope for the audience or for the listeners that you guys learned something um, beneficial. Um, and yeah. Thank you, Julia. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Julia. Thanks oh, very much. welcome. I want to thank my amazing guests, Mary Lou and Sadie, for joining me on today's episode and sharing their perspective and knowledge on sex ed and contraception in schools. On this episode, we talked about barriers to contraception, the importance of having informative sex ed, and how having contraception and sexual health classes in schools will benefit teenagers. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can email me at thedearparentspodcast at gmail.com, and I will be posting resources on streaming platforms under the description of the episode. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you next time.